This is Raptors Shootaround. It's on to the finals. A TSN 1050 playoff special. Oh, baby, what a play. The Raptors and the NBA Finals live here. Oh, yes, guy. Come on, let's get an uppercut with that yes guy. Oh, yes guy. Raptors Shootaround bonus hour. Leafs lunch not with us today. Back tomorrow, but right now it is Raptors shoot around with Jim Taddy until one, and then Raptors game day with Matt Cause followed by Overdrive, followed by exclusive coverage from Scotiabank Arena, the pregame show. Dwayne Watson will join postgame coverage as well, all right here on TSN 1050, and who knows what could happen tonight. Tons of anticipation in the air. I did uh, sort of a CSI on the four games. This is the, the like the team results, not the individual players. And uh, I'll get into that shortly. I just want to bring on Jack Armstrong first. At Hello Jack is the Twitter account. Mr. Armstrong, how are you today, sir? Good, Jim. How are you, buddy? Good, good. Uh, when you look back, uh, maybe maybe we just deal with game four, but when you look back over the four games, and, and maybe game four applies to this, what has surprised you that the Raptors have done? Uh, you know, a few things. I think that, number one, they've done a really good job of just slowing uh, Golden State down. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they've done a good job protecting the ball and being efficient on the offensive end. You know, so they've been, uh, you know, they've been the more efficient offensive team. And I think when you are that way, it, it eliminate it doesn't eliminate, it limits um, transition for Golden State. And then that allows you to get into guarding them in the half court. And that is really the most important thing to me is when you play them, uh, you've got to win that battle. You've got to be the better offensive team, and you've got to take care of the ball. I mean, Golden State's uh, turned the ball over 15 more times in this series. They haven't shot the ball as well. So those are things that really help uh, favor the Raptors. And, and to win tonight, that's going to be, again, the thing that I keep watching that to me is the most important thing. Uh, just put yourself in positions to guard them and put yourself in positions to guard them the way you want to guard them, and that is in the half court. And the most you can do that, the better you're going to be. That may be simple analysis, but it, it just seems to me in watching those games, and you know the X's and O's, um, that the Raptors are sort of adjusting and, and, and tweaking and, and evolving as the game goes on, and, and I wouldn't necessarily say the Warriors have been guilty of that so far. No, I, I think, uh, you know, you, you go into it, you're playing the champs, you know, the urgency is on you to be uh, be proactive and, and to to try to always outflank them and be one step ahead of them. And, uh, you know, that's critical. And I think Nick Durst and his staff have, have done a really nice job of that, not only in this series, but in the Orlando-Philadelphia-Milwaukee series, that uh, as, as the uh, series kind of breathes and takes on a life of its own, you know, you get a, get a, a pulse for, for what works, what doesn't, what matchups are, are necessary, which ones you want to avoid. Areas of exploitation, areas of avoidance, um, and to me, I think that those are things that uh, a good coaching staff kind of feels and reads and sees and senses and and goes to work, uh, making sure that those those are elements that have to be in place. I guess the uh, the, the story that that sort of um, I, I don't want to call it a distraction; it's a disservice to the guy. But if Kevin Durant plays. How do the Raptors exploit that, and, and how do they not get sucked into to being distracted? 
Well, I don't know about being distracted because when the Warriors had a fully healthy team back in December and the Raptors didn't have Kawhi Leonard, they went into Gold State and beat them. So uh, I think they have every bit of – I mean, they've beaten the Warriors five out of six times this year. If they made a few shots, they probably – we wouldn't even have a game tonight. <laughs> you know, so it's uh, – and I'm not saying that disrespecting the Raptors. I'm just saying that it's it just – the Raptors have done a great job against these guys the entire year, uh, whether it be with KD, without KD, wh- whoever else. You know, I think if, you, if he plays, all right, so be it. Well, we've beaten him with him before. I mean, the two games he played during the regular season, the Raptors beat them both times. Um, so to me, I, I just look at it and say, hey, you know, whatever happens, happens. If he plays or doesn't play. Your game plan still has to be the same in terms of what you do offensively to execute. I think you got to attack him when you have opportunities to see how mobile he is and how good he is and what kind of shape he's in. you got to make him run the floor. Then on the offensive end, when he's on offense, I mean, he's a great shooter, uh, and you just got to be into him. Uh, you know, he'll, the good thing that he'll bring them is spacing because you got to guard him. That opens up their team a little bit more. But uh, the reality is uh, it, it's still an adjustment for them as much as you. Um, the, the Kawhi Leonard performance, uh, the numbers are, are Jordan-esque. Uh, and and it's, just, it's fun to watch because, you know, eventually something good's going to happen and you can see him sort of buy some time for other people and, and keep the, the team in the game. And, and certainly the first quarter of the last game is a good example of that in the third quarter as well. How, how would you describe what he's doing? Uh, he's a creature of habit, and what I'm seeing and what he's doing is the fact that this man has paid the price. He doesn't skip steps. He works at it. Uh, he knows he belongs. He knows he deserves success because he's paid the ultimate price. You know, I always reflect on the statement Muhammad Ali said one time. He said, I win my fights running on a dark country road at 5 o'clock in the morning so that I know late in a, re- in a fight that I have done everything I possibly can, and when the time comes when I get to stand in the center of the ring to win it, I'm going to win it because I know I've paid the price. And I look at a guy like Kawhi Leonard, it's all deserved, earned success because he's paid the ultimate price. And there are certain guys that cheat the game, and don't don't necessarily put all the work into it. And then there are others that are, at a, you know, whatever their skill level is, uh, they're getting everything they can out of who they are. And I look at Kawhi Leonard, and he's an example of that, and that's a really positive role model. To me, as a basketball guy, when I look at him out there, I, I admire and respect what he does and what he stands for because the guy has a great, great work ethic. It's fun to watch Kyle Lowry mature, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's uh, you know, I mean, I've, obviously Kyle's been here seven years, so I've really got the, the opportunity to, to watch him and get to know him and see, you know, how he goes about his business. And, uh, you know, that he's a smart guy, and he's a committed guy, and he's a heck of a player, and he's a great competitor. And he's a, a guy that has had, you know, his ups and downs. And that's all part of it. Uh, but when you, I always say about him, it's like uh, 
you know, you're growing up playing ball in the schoolyard. You want to stay on the court and keep playing. And too often, people, you know, get caught up in, well, what, what, what round were you drafted in? And what was your uh, draft spot? And this and that. And, you know, Kyle Lowry might not win the beauty contest. But I'll tell you what, he'll win the games. You want him on your team because you're going to stay on the court all day. And that's what just makes him great. He's just an incredibly uh, passionate competitor. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for guys like him and Marcus Soul, older players who've had accomplished professional careers. And yet, you know, they, 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 there's, there's this thing that they don't have yet. And, uh, you know, if they win tonight uh, or whenever they win it, uh, I'll feel great for guys like Kyle Lowry, Marcus. So I'll feel great for all of them, but you know, particularly the older guys, because it's uh, you, you never know if you ever get a chance to get back here again. There's some marvelous stories on this roster. The bench would be one. I mean, it was it wasn't very good in previous rounds, and surge in the last game with 20 points is phenomenal. And Freddie Van Vliet has done really well the last six games. That's fun too, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Serge Ibaka has been great the last two games. Uh, you know, obviously in game three, I mean, the, the shot blocking and the, just the, the force that he played with. And then uh, game four, uh, he brought it all together. Uh, he was tremendous. And, you know, there's been a game in every series or two where he's come in and been really impactful. Uh, and the, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Raptors are 8-0 when Serge Ibaka scores 10 or more points in the postseason. And, you know, the other night was the eighth time that happened. So, to me, it says a lot about just how important he is. And then Fred, you know, Fred Van Vliet's, man, he's a winner. I mean, you just look at the guy, and he just, he, he, he gives it his all on the defensive end, and he's got a great, you know, scouts like, you know, you, you look and you say, what's the guy's makeup? Well, he's got a great makeup. He's mature, he's smart, he's heady. He's a tr- you know, he really understands the game. I think someday if he ever decided to do it, he'd be a great head coach. Um, he has all those attributes. And um, he leads, man, and he leads by example. And, he's again, he's dialed into what's supposed to be going on. Uh, there's just so many great stories here. And the one that uh, is now gaining traction but probably should have earlier is the head coach, Nick Nurse. He's done a phenomenal job, hasn't he? Yeah, no, I mean, he's paid his dues, and he's ready for this opportunity. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's had the career over in Europe and, and in the G League and then uh, did a great job for five years working as an assistant for Dwayne Casey. And um, he's stepped into that role and done a, a wonderful job. And, and, and it hasn't been easy. He's had a lot of different lineups this year he's had to deal with because of injuries and uh, you know, transition and trades and uh, all those kind of things. And uh, I think he's he's just been, you know, he doesn't worry about what he doesn't have. He just coaches with what he does have. And I, I really like that approach. You never hear him complain about anything. And he just, uh, you know, he ended up being a, a the ideal choice for Masai Ujiri uh, when the decision was made uh, on the coaching situ- uh, coaching front. So, He's done a he's done a wonderful job and uh, deserves a ton of credit, and I think he's got his team's attention and respect. Uh, they believe in him. They believe in what he and his coaching staff are doing, and uh, it's pretty evident in terms of how this team plays.
I like your take on, you know, as as you're on the broadcast for us and you're watching the box in one and then you're watching in game four where they go big against the Warriors for a brief moment of time that was very effective. What were your thoughts? My thoughts were he's, uh, he's, uh, he's got a great feel in game of what he wants to do. Uh, I mean, whoever supersizes against the Warriors, like whoever <laughs> goes big against them, it's always, you know, the classic, they make you go small. And he went big. And, you know, now the Warriors are like, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, you know, they leave Steph out there, and they don't have uh, Clay Thompson or Quinn Cook on the floor. And then, bang, what does Nick Nurse immediately do? He goes box at one. So I just think that he's really uh, – he, he just feels the game. He senses it. He, he's he, he's uh, a step ahead of you. He's a really good chess player. And uh, to me, that's important. And uh, I feel confident uh, any game that he coaches because uh, he's he's on it and he understands what what he wants it to look like. Uh, Jack, just can you give us some sort of a, an idea what we should look for as this game unfolds tonight? Well, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the first thing would be the dynamic that Kevin knows with there. But beyond that, uh, I would say. Uh, to me, again, I mean, the, the, the biggest indicator to me for Raptor success is if they're really efficient tonight offensively, meaning, you know, quality shots, ball protection, over time, I mean, and they were pretty efficient in game four in the first half. They just couldn't shoot the ball. But uh, they, they were still in the game because they weren't turning it over and they were getting good shots. And sooner or later that turns, you know. So I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, just execute your stuff. And the better your offense is, the better your defense is going to be. So that's the biggest indicator to me. If you come out and play really well offensively tonight, you're getting yourself in a position where you can get back and transition and guard. You can get back and make them have to come at you against an organized defense, and you're not allowing them to get behind your defense and get, you know, dunks and – get a man advantage, two man advantage situation where now they're shooting wide open threes and things like that. So that to me is kind of what I'm looking at. And I think if they, you know, there's going to be some jitters and excitement and, you know, kind of like game one of the NBA finals, because it's a new, new territory. And I thought they did a good job handling all that. And I, I think if they, if they do a good job, Tonight, early on, I think they'll settle down. They'll break their sweat, and it'll be just a basketball game like any other basketball game in terms of the strategy, the ebb and flow. Uh, you know, the basket's still going to be 10 feet. The court's going to still be 94 feet. And, uh, you know, once you get into the middle of the game, all that other stuff, uh, you know, kind of goes out the window. You just concentrate on playing the game. But you've got to get through the, all that other stuff first. Um, and the crowd, I think, will be you know magnificent and, and supportive, and uh, I, you know I'm excited about it. Uh, Chuck Swirsky was on with us in the last segment. He said to pass this along. Hello from Chuck Swirsky. You know, it's funny you said that because I just got a text from Chuck about I don't know maybe a half hour ago. So uh, you know, when I started with the Raptors 21 years ago, Chuck was my broadcast partner on radio and uh, taught me a ton. And I'm, uh, here I am tonight doing the game on radio and doing pre and post on TV. But it's uh, I, I, and then I, I had a great 
run with Chuck for 10 years on both TV and radio, and he's a, a marvelous play-by-play guy. We had a great time, and now I'm blessed with two great guys to work with, uh, Matt on the television side, Jonesy on the radio side. And I couldn't be luckier. I've had some incredible play-by-play partners. Jack, we'll talk later tonight. Thank you. Jim, I look forward to seeing you later, buddy. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Jack yeah, Armstrong. From TSN Raptors coverage, and of course in the booth tonight with us, actually on, on at courtside with Paul Jones with the exclusive radio call of Game 5 of the NBA Finals, and uh, he'll be part of our pregame show that starts at 7 here on TSN 1050. Later on, Matt Cause, when we come back, some facts and figures, and some more sound. This is Raptors Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, here until 1, then it's Raptors Game Day with with Matt Cause and it's overdrive. Then it is the pregame show live from Scotiabank Arena. I'll be there with Dwayne Watson. Uh, Arad is our producer for this show and the pre and post and halftime and the Raptors game. Arad, who do we have in the pregame tonight? Do we know? For the pregame show tonight, we have Canadian basketball legend, three time NBA champion, Bill Wennington. Oh. From the starters on NBA, Toronto's own, Toss Melas. Hmm. And either James Duthie or Sam Mitchell will also join us. Oh, impressive. Thank Four. you. And that's two hours worth. Two hours worth. Also, Paul Jones and Jack Armstrong, courtside. Oh, did you put Yes Guy, No Guy in? Yes. You and Dwayne Watson will play a special Yes Guy, No Guy Game 5 version. A, a championship. A possible championship edition. Fingers crossed championship edition of <laughs> that, I Yes like Guy, that. No the Guy. The fingers crossed edition of <laughs> Yes Guy, No Guy. I'm going to rip that off. I like that. Very good. Uh, where else did we want to go? Yes, uh, at TSN 1050 Radio, the Twitter account for the radio station. The question is, if the Raptors win, are you going to work tomorrow? Uh, and your options are Yes Guy, No Guy, 291 votes in. Uh, 58% say Yes Guy, 42% say No Guy. I've, have, I've got commitments, so I will be here tomorrow. I uh, don't know what kind of shape I'm going to be in because I don't know when we're going to get out of that building uh, one way or the other. So we'll see, but it's uh, negotiable. But, yeah, so the, you can go to that uh, Twitter site at TSN 1050 Radio and cast your vote for what will happen to you tomorrow. I would suggest you, wherever you are, you should listen to TSN 1050 because we're going to have wall-to-wall coverage one way or the other of what happened the night before. I, I did sort of a, a, a grid. I had some time, so I, I like to sort of going into the, the possible last game of the season to understand where we are and how we got the 3-1. to one. And I did uh, the individual players the other day, and we talked about it with Matt Cause, and, and the one that jumped off the page was Kawhi's game four. 36 points, 41 minutes, zero turnovers. Priceless. Uh, just absolutely stunning performance. And when you do a, a CSI in the 36 points, 14 in the first, 17 in the in the third quarter, uh, I mean, talk about timely points. That's 31 of his 36, which were really uh, more than relevant. That they actually jump started the Raptors team. So that's certainly noteworthy. But but when I go through the team stuff, uh, it's kind of hard to come up with the why is there a 3-1 series lead for the Raptors? Now, obviously, the eye test tells you exactly why, and that is that the Raptors uh, came up with solutions to problems at the ultimate time. But when you do the charts, uh, you go through and, and obviously rebounding offensively and defensively, that is clearly Golden State's domain on a game-by-game basis. Uh, and the assists, clearly a Golden State domain on a game-by-game basis. Uh, the steals favor the Raptors. Uh, the blocks is uh, 50-50. But what, what jumps off the page is the three-point shooting. 
Uh, the Raptors have, have taken that three out of four games. Uh, the only game that they didn't was game two where they shot 28.9 while Golden State was 38.2 in the three-point shooting. Now, if you go back to when we first started to talk about this series, you would come up with a theory that, oh, wow, I mean, the Golden State Warriors can pop a three from anywhere on the floor. You would have thought that would have been a dominant Golden State thing. Now, of course... Clay Thompson missed one game, but I mean, we're talking Steph Curry here, and he's had a good series, mind you, but I don't know that we would have predicted the Raptors would have won that. Uh, the other one that's kind of a, a minor stat, but is relevant because there's points in the table from the foul stripe. And, and so Golden State was 93.5 in game one, but since then, the Raptors have won, going from 88.5 to 95 to 95.8. Uh, so there are points there. Uh, Jack talked about the turnover points, and so over the series, uh, Golden State has turned over the ball 67 times and lost 57 points. The Raptors have done that 52 times and lost 60 points. Now you would say, well, the Raptors have given up more points, but Golden State has turned the ball over 15 more times. And what that means for them is that's 15 times where they're not scoring. And, and so that, that sort of plays it. If you add that stat to that, that foul shooting thing and the three-point shooting thing percentage, then I think you could come up with why the Raptors might be up 3-1 in this series. But again, the eye test tells you the ultimate. You watch the games, you know why, because when things had to happen, they did. I mean, anytime you're going to be in game four trying to win your second straight at the Oracle, and you can erase a 12-point deficit, and, and you could have, uh, you know, start that third quarter, you could outscore 37-21, the best third quarter team in the business, uh, and you can then record your second straight win in that building. That tells you exactly why. You can throw out all the other stats. They're, they're kind of irrelevant, but, but they do tip you in the right direction. Uh, some sound from yesterday. Pascal Siakam was asked how the Raptors have been able to stay focused. All the energy during the playoffs. Well, I think just having each other's back um, is a big thing. Just knowing what's, you know, um, we, we know it's a big deal and we know that it means a lot to the country and, and the whole organization. Um, but I think what helped us is, is just staying together and just understanding our goal and and just, you know, focusing on the game. Like the, the, the rest, you know, we can't control that. You know, we got to focus on the game. We got to be able to win the game. We got we to gotta do everything right to be able to win. And, and every wins that we have, had this far, you know, we, we put, you know, a lot of work into it and, and we had really, you know, a lot of good possessions and, and that's kind of how we got to think. We can't think about the big picture of everything, um, you know, so so that's what we're going to try to do, you know, every, every time we're out there on the floor. Like seeing all those Raptors fans in the stands in Oakland and hearing them. Oh man, it was crazy. Um, I, I mean, I, I think I'm kind of. I feel like it's kind of weird to say that. I feel like I'm used to it a little bit, just because. I mean, they've, they've always been there everywhere we went. Like it didn't. It didn't matter where we was at, and there was, I mean, Raptor fans are everywhere, and, and I think that's what makes them so special. Um, just knowing the support that they give us, and it doesn't matter where. Like we always feel like we are home. Talk about how tough close our games are. Um, it's gonna take um, all the things that it took us to, you know, to win every single game that we had. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a battle. It's gonna be hard. Um, but at the same time, if we, we we stay together and do everything we're supposed to do, we have a chance. We have we have a chance to put ourselves in a position to win. So um, that's that's what we, we have to do. We have to, to, to prepare and and be ready to go out there and give everything we got. A lot, a lot has been made about how close some of you guys are still to Demar from the wide trade. On the other trade. Mark, how much do you guys still keep up with Demond, Jonas, and CJ? How vital were those guys in the middle of this? 
Um, yeah, for sure. Um, definitely, you know, definitely part of what we created and, and, and that, that that blueprint and, and just being able to, to be that foundation of, of what, you know, Toronto basketball is about. And, and obviously, outside of that, we just, you know, we always kept in contact. We always um, really good friends. And, and I'm sure, you know, they're happy to see us at this level right now. And, and you know, we talk to, I talk to Delon most of, most of the time. Um, so, I mean, CJ and, and all of them. So we always, I think there's, the connection is always there. And, and, and at the end of the day, beyond basketball, we, we are friends. Okay, what's the uh, what's the biggest thing you've taken from Kawhi? Um, for me, the biggest thing, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you don't want to talk about the basketball part, yeah, just how 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 great he is, I guess. Um, I think just the way he's been able to handle situations, like you know, I know we always talk about it, and, and it seems cliche, but he, he just kind of even killed and, and he's always the same person no matter if you're winning or losing or whatever the case might be he always has that you know just that 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 swag that everything is going to be okay and he always felt in his eyes that you know at any given time he can he can he can you know kind of take over you guys have kind of taken on that personality a little bit um for sure that's what you know that's why you have a leader like him and and, and having guys like Kyle and, and and Danny that's been there that know what, what it takes um so yeah, that's definitely a blessing for us being able to learn from those guys and and and, and kind of embrace that, that 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 part of it. Thank you, Scott. Talk a little bit about the selfishness of this team. I remember Mark saying a couple of weeks ago, we give up a good shot for a great shot. And last night you saw it a little bit with the debacle of the last game. Um, yeah, for sure. That's I think that's what we've been all year. Um, just in terms of. Um, guys like you know Serge coming off the bench and 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 Mark and then with those those time of game during the season where Mark would start and then Serge would start and and you know I think just just giving giving up you know everything you know for for the team and I think that's that's what we always done and 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 and, and I think we continue to do that now. There's one more a little basketball question about Kawhi. What stood out when he first got here about how active his hands are, how big they were? What, what did you take from that? Um, <laughs> Um, I mean, obviously he's a, he's a specimen, you know. We, we all know, and, and be able to to use his, his length and, and athleticism is, is incredible. The way he does it, and, and obviously his hands, you know. Um, so it's definitely something amazing to watch, and even being on the floor out there, how he can he can he can do certain things. That is Pascal Siakam as he spoke yesterday at the media session, and so a lot of anticipation on what could happen inside the building, and I, th- I think, quite frankly, there's a lot of anticipation as to what's going to happen outside the building. That's already started to build, and uh, Haley Cooper is here from News Talk 1010. Haley, what's happening? It's just, it's, it's organized chaos at this point. They've, they've blocked off Jurassic Park. You know, you can see the salt trucks moving in, the porta-potties, and the crowd has grown to thousands i'd say we're reaching probably 2500 at this point a lot of these people have been camped out since last night you know they weathered the rain this morning thankfully that has held off and everyone is just partying the game hasn't even started and they are partying (laughs) a new endurance (laughs) test right (laughs) oh yeah i'm looking at a lot of these people in line and i'm thinking are you gonna make it but we'll see (laughs) how long are you there for I'm here until I'm not here. I, you know, I've been here since 6 in the morning, wow. and, yeah, I'll probably be here until the evening. Wow. So so you have an endurance test, too. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But I will make it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Haley. Appreciate it. Thank you. Haley Cooper, News Talk 1010 at Jurassic Park, where the build started actually on the weekend. And, of course, we all understand the way it's going to be as the hours get close to tip 
which is at 9 tonight. I expect when I'm down there at 4 or just around 4, maybe a little before that, uh, that it's going to be lined up down the street. And, of course, this is a work day. It's not a weekend day. So uh, maybe a slower build, but maybe not, uh, considering what's at stake. Uh, we'll have Matthew Cause stop by in the next segment. I just want to get one more piece of uh, what could happen tonight. And for that, we go to Rod Black, Sam Mitchell, and Leo Routens. And what does it take for the Raptors to win is the question. Well, this Raptors team's got to stay focused. they got to keep doing what they're doing. Look, if you're Nick Nurse, you got to be ecstatic about their defense's present. The, the Raptors' defense is swarming. They're staying home with Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. They're making those guys work. But then when the secondary players, DeMarcus Cousins, some of them other guys, think they have space and make their move and go to those spin moves, the Raptors are dropping down. They're digging. They're forcing turnovers. And that's been something that Steve Kerr been on this team about all year, about live ball turnovers. And they're coming back and they're biting the Golden State Warriors in the butt right now. Well, you know, it's the attention to detail, I think, is making that difference, Sam. And if you think about it, with Golden State coming in here, they're talking about one game. Not the, not winning and getting back, just get one game. And if you're the Toronto Raptors, you want to bring so much force that that thought gets out of their head as early as possible. So I think how the Raptors start out with the crazy atmosphere of Scotiabank Arena is going to be critical. I think it's two F words, not the ones you're thinking of. <laughs> Focus and force. And also maybe a big D word, defense. Well, their defense, Leo, has been uh, insane, man. You think about something. Steph Curry is shooting low percentage. Klay Thompson, he's scoring, but they're making him work for everything. And they've shut everybody else down. You watch DeMarcus Cousins. When he goes to this spin move, that's scouting. That's paying attention to detail. That's knowing your scouting for. And at this stage of the game right now, the Raptors are so in tune defensively. They know everything the Golden State Warriors players are trying to do or thinking about doing. That's a big thing. To know the tendencies along with everything else out there. And this team has grown defensively with each series. They're all in one string. Everybody understands what needs to be done. There's nobody you can really attack when you think about this team because everybody is strong defensively. They're forcing things from the Gold State Warriors that they don't want to do. They're rushing them on literally every possession, Sam. And a couple of things, man. Nick Nurse is doing some very creative things. People are not even realizing this, Rob. He's played some boxing one against Steph Curry. And then you don't ever see that. I haven't seen a boxing one since my senior year in college. And Nick Nurse is pulling it all time. Absolutely, because he understands that you don't let a guy like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson get it going. You just shut out everyone else. The Toronto Raptors defense has been outstanding. Well, how about 92 points for the Golden State Warriors on their home court in a must-win game? That tells you how good their D is. Quickly, Sam, is it over tomorrow night? Yes, it's over. <laughs> Call it a day. Sorry that the Warriors had to go out this way. Wow, he's got some tone there. I, I think that's the... Most people think that, right? I mean, there's a little apprehension just because... It's a, it's a rare opportunity, and, you know, I guess we can be apprehensive if we follow a number of the sports teams here. But most people, I mean, if you, if you go over the sample size that you have, those four games, there's nothing negative there. There's a lot of positives. Even, I mean, the comeback from an 18-0 run to start a second half, that's impressive. Arad, where are you on this? I'm with you. I mean, the Raptors have been so impressive to watch from defense to offense. But the most impressive thing is the poise, is the attitude, is the fact that the Goliath, that is the Golden State Warriors, time and time again have tried to make runs on this team. And Portland folded against them. Houston folded against them. But the Raptors stare in front of it, take the punches, and punch back. Well, and here's the thing. I, I agree with what you said there. Uh, the Raptors will push back where other people folded, and maybe that's a new experience for the Warriors. Maybe, maybe that's something they have to figure out how to deal with. Exactly. I don't think they've seen it since... I don't think they've seen it with a team that hasn't had a guy named James. That's right. 
on the floor. Yeah, and and they got a real spanking that one year. Exactly. They thought they they thought they had it won, but no. This is Raptor Shootaround, TSN 1050, TSN1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. <laughs> Raptor Shootaround, TSN 1050, TSN1050.ca. Jim Taddy with you till the top of the hour. Then Mr. Cause, Matthew Cause, will take over with Raptors game day. And by go- my goodness, he's, he's here now, which is good because I'm starting to run out of energy. I was going to ask, how you doing? How you doing there, Jim? How I, was, doing? I was all right till you walked in and then I just crashed. All right, well, I'll see you later. I'll yeah. just give you all the energy you need. <laughs> I, just so much anticipation. Again, you try to rein it in because we're covering the story. Uh, but uh, it's just hard not to be pretty positive about where we are. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's go and look at the, the... There's a lot of bunch of different ways to do it. You want to do it from the historical one? Okay, well, um, teams that go up 3-1 in the NBA Finals, they're 33-1. and Okay, so I got history on my side. Yep. But maybe you don't want to do that because, you know, history doesn't tell the present. Well, it that's tells, what's happened. It yeah. tells the past. Yeah. So then let's look at the recent past. Through four games... The Raptors were dominant in Game 1, dominant in Game 3, dominant in the second half of Game 4, and had a chance to tie it late in Game 2 in a game where they played pretty ugly. So when you when you then take that, you go, okay, you should feel pretty good about yourself because the Raptors have outplayed Golden State on both sides of the ball for a large chunk of this series. Yeah, I think if you were summing up from the eye test, again, forget about all the numbers, but from the eye test, you would say you're really excited about what the Raptors can do tonight because they have evolved even in the in the body of the four games mm-hmm. of the series and you want to see what's next. If, if you do the eye test in the Warriors, you're going... I haven't seen much out of them. No, you've seen spurts here and there. You know, you saw uh, Draymond Green and uh, DeMarcus Cousins dominate in Game 2. And then you haven't seen DeMarcus Cousins at all. You've seen Steph Curry look great in Game 3. You've seen him look bad in Game 4. Uh, Draymond Green. I think Draymond Green's actually played pretty well, but he hasn't, he hasn't played as good as he did against Portland. Now, against the Trailblazers, he didn't have to deal with the sort of front court that he's had to deal with against the Raptors. So you're right. For, the, for Golden State, they've had great moments. For the Raptors, they've had great games. And, and, and the KD thing can be a, a bit of a distraction. Uh, I mean, you go two, down two roads with this. One would be, how could they not play him? They're facing elimination. Yeah. To, uh, you know, he's, if, he, if he doesn't play, then, then there's a, the great alibi, which I don't buy into at all. Oh, no. Oh, ab- absolutely not. Um, I, was, I was doing a little bit of research looking at some of the past teams um, like, who lost NBA championships. Like 09 Orlando Magic, 2010 Celtics, uh, 2014 Miami Heat, 2015-2018 Cleveland Cavaliers teams. All of those teams are either even with this Golden State team or inferior in terms of talent. So for Toronto to defeat this Golden State team, even without Kevin Durant, that is a hell of an achievement. You're beating an excellent NBA team. The ultimate question would be, Mr. Cause, of the teams that lost... How many of them were 100% healthy? Oh, none. I mean, health health doesn't really exist at this point. Not 100% health. And how many times do we talk about this cliche when someone asks, who's going to win the championship in whatever sport you want to pick? And the first question is, who's healthier? That's right. And that's going to be a a big part of it. Um, I do see that Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green... Those guys have a lot of NBA All-Star teams, uh, you know, on their resume, and most of them have pretty rec- uh, recent NBA All-Star team nominations, like this year or last year. 
Those are three really damn good players. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins can be a really damn good player. And I haven't even mentioned Andre Iguodala, who, you know, has certainly been a great player in the past. So it's, it's a good team. It's a damn good team that Toronto's beating. Uh, the way to sum this up would be who chips in with Kawhi Leonard tonight? Because you know Kawhi's going to be there and he's going to do yeah. what, what needs to be done. So the, I guess the guessing game is what other it's part the of the wheel. team? Um, I, I think the obvious one for me is Pascal Siakam. Even in his bad games, he's still at least getting you double-digit points. So I think uh, it, it's either going to be Siakam or Kyle Lowry. I'm going to go with Kyle just because of the, the moment mm-hmm. and what this means to him. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that he's the guy who steps up tonight. One thing I am going to watch, if the Raptors are leading in the last 10 seconds, you're going to see Kyle Lowry in a puddle on the floor. He's Absolutely. Be very emotional. And well-deserved. Like yeah. When you think, like, everyone who's been a Raptor fan for ages, who's the guy that we uh, have we associated this team with the past decade? It's Kyle Lowry. Well, he, you know, so many, other, uh, so many other guys that you think of, they're gone. They've been traded. Um, it is. It's Kyle Lowry first. He's the guy that when you think of the past, you think of him. Yeah, and from the bad to the good. You think of um, that game seven against the Brooklyn Nets in the first year of the playoffs oh. where he was the one who, like, dribbled into triple uh, triple coverage and turnover and end of game. And he was the one who had bad moments in 2016 against the Heat and the Pacers. He's also the one who's had some of the best moments in Raptor history. You know what I really like about where the Raptors are? And you brought up Game 7 against Brooklyn, which is, what, five years ago? Yeah. Uh, you can look back on those moments now and understand why they weren't positive. You can you can see them a little more objectively. You can understand, and I, I think I I was there at the time that the front court for that team wasn't very good. No, oh no, it wasn't. Um, it, it wasn't a very good front court. It was an inexperienced team, and they rarely the Raptors rarely had the best player on the court. You know, I think probably then it probably would have been Paul Pierce with the Nets. I know he was older, but very effective. But very effective, especially in the playoffs. Much better as a player than as a broadcaster. Um, so, I mean, that's the Kawhi factor: is that you have this calming influence in an incredibly calm-sounding player, and that's the, the biggest advantage the Raptors have. For forty, for for thirty-nine to forty-three minutes, the Raptors will have the best player on the floor. Even if Kevin Durant is back, I, I can't expect 100% Kevin Durant. I, I have to be honest. I never thought that would happen, mm-hmm. that they would have the best player on the floor in an NBA Finals. That's what Kawhi does. Yeah, oh, he you definitely know? does. I mean, that's – and think about this. I, I'm curious to see what version of Kawhi Leonard we get. And basically, all we've had is just brilliant versions. But I wonder even if his head and his robot brain – I mean, he's this close. I mean, you're there. You're yeah. there at home. Like, you know, for him, do we see a little bit more explosiveness out of him where he's like, okay, I can give it a little bit more because if we win, I get four months off. There's a lot of unexpected here. I mean, you go back to when we did the, the post game after game three and we saw him limp to the podium. And yeah. There, after only a day's rest, looked pretty springy on Friday night, didn't he? He did. I mean, that, that's one of the takeaways from that game. Not just forget the numbers, just he looked good. Like, that was. In some ways, that was the best-looking version of him since midway in the Phila- uh, midway in the Philadelphia series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When it was he and Pascal leading the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there you have forty-one minutes, thirty-six points, and zero turnovers. We talked about this a lot yesterday. Yeah, that's a stunning line, isn't it? It it, it really is. When you have that much res- when you have that much ball responsibility, 
you're going to get turnovers. You know, it's the same way in hockey when, you know, like a Drew Doughty, you go, oh, look at all the turnovers he has. Well, he's got the puck on his stick all the time. It's the same thing in basketball. There's a reason why, you know, the point guards usually have more turnovers because the ball is in their hand more. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that. So we had Haley Cooper on from News Talk 1010. And yeah. Jurassic Park's starting to fill up. We know that the Canadian National Anthem tonight will be sung by everybody in the building. Is that what is, is that's that's what we're going to do tonight, or that's what they're going to do? So, the, is there someone coming out with the mic holding it up, or I don't, I don't know exactly how that's going to start. Really? Yeah. I got to tell you right now, some people say that's inspirational. I say that's lazy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there it is. How many times in these playoffs are our singers, you know, just putting the mic in the air and they're offloading the work for yeah, others right. to do? Yeah, yeah. You know, sort of like when I do a show with you. What are you talking about? <laughs> Doing all the heavy lifting here. No one. Uh, so I mean, who? Th- th- that's the ultimate question, though. Who should hold up the mic and and do the the the, the finger to say start? Let's start. Should Let's it be see. the Raptor? Should it be Drake? Could be. You know, it should be Drake. But, um, yeah, but if it's Drake, you're going to want him to sing it. Yeah, you're that is true. That he's going to do that. I think it should be the Raptor mascot that just, you know. Starts gives everybody a three count and away we go. Love it. That'd be, that'd be fine. That'd be fine with me. I'd, I'd have no problem with that at all. I know you're going to be getting there, uh, getting there earlier to sort of soak in the environment. And yes, I did use the word soak on purpose. Just what is with the, Mother Nature hates Raptor fans. Wow, the rain. Yeah, they, they've persevered oh. that a lot, haven't they? Yeah. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. By the way, what's what's your parking strategy? You know, you've, you've done so much Raptors, and we can do X's O's in a second, but what's your parking strategy? Because if they win tonight, it's going to be impossible to get out. Now, you're going to be on air. I think we're on until 2. Yeah, you're on until 2 in the morning. Yeah. If they win, it's still not going to be an easy drive out. Where, what's your parking strategy? I'm, I'm parking at uh, the usual spot, which is right across the street from the building, but there's an easy exit there. You arrogant <laughs> son of a bee. I Thank you. I think you got to go Queens Key. You got to go like well, I don't. I don't know. No, I no, no. Well, it's. It, I mean, it's. It's an easy out. I, I never right. have any trouble getting out of that. I, I know there there could be gridlock, but I would expect it to be north of Lakeshore, not south of Lakeshore. I, I, and it's a big gamble. I'm I mean, tomorrow, tomorrow I could be in here and, and look like I haven't slept because maybe I haven't. So everyone, could be right. everyone will see your bright fuchsia Cadillac and they'll see, they'll realize that <laughs> oh, that's Taddy's car. They know, they know. What yeah, with the yes, they know what your car with the looks yes like. guy, no guy on the on the passenger door. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, it's a giveaway. The right? patented yes guy, no guy. That if anyone else is in the car, they got to pay you. Uh, they got to pay you royalties. Like you know. You've said it throughout the show. Like I've been listening to you, but you know your job is is a reporter. It's not you know to predict the winner and just you know try to re- tamp in the emotion. But if the Raptors win tonight, like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing what I normally do, and you see me when we do the games together. Right. I'm just sitting at home making four thousand notes. Yeah. If the Raptors win, I will just just push the computer away, and I'm just going to walk from my place. It's a 20-minute walk to the ACC. I'm just going to walk over to Young and just... Because I'm going to want to be a part of that. I just... I, I, need, yeah. to, I need to feel well, that. Well, that's good. But If the Raptors... I mean, regardless of whether the Raptors win or lose, I still have a post-game show to do, so I'm you on... Do. I'm on task. Yeah. I, I just... I gather what I need to, to get through the broadcast, so it, there's no time to celebrate. But I will enjoy it one if they win. I, I will enjoy that moment because... It'll be the last broadcast we do this year. Yeah, absolutely. And the Raptors win. It's coverage like throughout the night. Like it's it's you till crazy late. Then it's Andy McNamara is going to be picking it up, and then it's going to be first up. They're not going to sleep. Like if they no. win, Carlo will not sleep. It's just drive around beeping his horn. Oh, of course, yeah. He'll going to do the Italian yeah. soccer thing. <laughs> oh, 100 um, percent. And, and I, I mapped it out. If there was a win tonight, I, I, we have. Uh, 
I think it, it works out to 37 consecutive hours mm-hmm. that we would go covering the Raptors story. Yeah, and and deservedly so. There's so many different angles and storylines of this team winning. Just how how both improbable it was to get here, but then when you see the work they've done and see what they've done in the last four games against Milwaukee and now the first four games against Golden State, this is uh, if they do win. It's an incredibly well-deserved championship for this organization, for these players. Well, it's improbable based on where they have been and and who they are, and I say that respectfully, but it's very likely based on how they have played. Mm -hmm. When When you do a descriptive of this team, it is pretty well every championship team you've ever watched. Yeah, well, it's... It's an it's it's almost like a th- little bit of a throwback because recently it's been about you've got to have three legit stars three you know, or, or three, five or, or, yeah with Golden State yeah, such a greedy team. Yeah. Um, it reminds me a little bit when the Dallas Mavericks beat the Miami Heat because it was Dirk Nowitzki who went up a level and just his level of responsibility was crazy. I think Kawhi's is even more than what Dirk did. But I'm trying to think of the times when because we've seen it we we saw it on Friday night. It was. Kawhi Leonard doing everything while everyone else treaded water offensively until they got their game going. And it's not to take anything away from the Raptors, what they did defensively, because they were great defensively in in that first half. But it's more like, okay, Kawhi's got this, and then other guys start hitting shots, and then the team just starts rolling. So would you equate what you're seeing to the what the Pacers used to be? Is, is that a good comparable? The Pacers never had a player as good as Kawhi Leonard. Okay, the reason um, I brought that up was when, when we first started to do these games, which is, what, six years ago now, mm-hmm. I can remember doing a game uh, on January 1st with Dwayne, and we were at the then Air Canada Center, and it was against the Pacers. Yeah. It was one of those wins that the Raptors had that sort of told you that Things were starting to go in the other direction, and I can remember uh, we had uh, Quinn Buckner on our show, and, and he said that the Raptors could become what the Pacers were at that time, and that was based on not having that 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 uh, premier player. Yeah, see, I I, I put the, the 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 ceiling for the Raptors the moment they got Kawhi Leonard was NBA championship, Paul George, and guys like that. I, they, they still didn't have that one transcendent star. You need. Like, go back. Almost every NBA champion, they have at least one player that's won an MVP or at least been in the top two or three. You know, you, you go back and you'll see it over and over again. The Lakers, uh, the Heat, Golden State, Cleveland when LeBron won. Um, Indiana never had that. The Toronto Raptors, they do have it. And if Kawhi Leonard had played 70 or so games this year, well, they probably wouldn't be in the NBA Finals but he would have beaten Giannis Antetokounmpo for the NBA MVP. Matt, uh, I'm going to listen for a bit, and then I'm going to have a nap. Go have a nap. You're, so, wait a minute. Are you saying that the last thing you hear as you go to sleep is going to be my voice? For the first time ever. Yeah. <laughs> for the first time ever. Uh, that game I was talking about with the Pacers was January 1st, 2013. Mm-hmm. The first legitimizing moment for this franchise in the Masai Ujiri era. Coming up next, Matt Cause with Raptors Game Day. Thanks for joining us on Raptors Shootaround, TSN 1050.